What's happening, everybody? Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. How's your weekend, Amy? It was really good. I mean, we just hung out as a family of the kids. Like our our mo now is hiking and movies. But we did we are, we do play basketball now. We're a basketball family. Our you goal, set your goal up. It's officially up, and we've got bat like new basketballs that have air. We had a few that we realized had no air, so we're like, well, this is no fun. Did you have to go through the HOA? Because when I was at your house, your husband was like, we got to put up a basketball goal, but we have to ask the HOA to put something up. I think we did, and we got approved, I guess. Or you just did it. And then <laughs> I, listen, that's what I would do. Ask for forgiveness. Yeah. No, we we I th- we must have gotten approved because it's up. And so yeah. far, no notices on our doorstep. So really that. I mean, we're just, you know, gamers, ballers now. Mm-hmm. Ballers. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. Mm-hmm. We play horse and... Nice. Whatever else. What, 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 some other game. I can't think of the name. Pig. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, you took your kids out on the lake? Uh. I did. So, yeah, my in-laws are in town. So we rented one of those double-decker boats, which are awesome, by the way. Yes. Explain a double-decker boat. It's a pontoon, you know, so it's got floats on two big metal tubes or whatever, and it's a flat platform, and then it has a two stories. And on the top, you can either jump off, you know, like kind of like cliff diving a little bit off like, I would say it's probably about two-story, like a, a two-story building balcony. That's how far the jump would be. So all the kids are like, all right, we're jumping off the top or whatever. But my seven-year-old, Junior Junior, he's the only one not doing it. So all the kids are like, come on, it's fun. And isn't he the adventurous one? Yes, he he is the daring one. And he's just looking, and he's like, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So we're all kind of, come on, come on, do it. And I said, look, if I jump, will you do it? He's like, okay, if you jump, I'll do it. I jump, he still won't do it. So I get up there, just pushed him off. <gasps> <laughs> Eddie Bones He was so mad He was so mad at me He was crying when he came back up And he's like I hate this That was terrible I hate this boat I hate this lake And and I, I gave him about 10 minutes To kind of stop yelling I said alright Time to get back on the boat He's like no Leave me here I'm just gonna float away <laughs> But eventually, 10 minutes later, he was like, he was over it. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You know how in life people have big T's and little T's for trauma. Like you have. I've never heard it referred to as that. Yeah. Well, I've heard of this. My therapist likes to call it like little T's and big T's. So big T would be losing my mother, dying. Big T. Little T is that, Eddie. (laughs) You just like. But we need little T's. I agree. um, I agree. We need little T's. But this is going to be something that would be quite traumatic for a child that. Eddie. I know. Well, you know what? Like the rest of the day, I was like, are you still mad at me for pushing you off the boat? And after at night before he went to bed, he's like, no, I'm not mad. Okay. Okay, You guys call. Mm -hmm. This is a great thing for people to hit us up with on their voicemail line. (laughs) Oh, great. Bad parent. Good parent. Yeah. Because he wouldn't do it. He said he would. Also, he lied. He said if you did did it, he did it. Thank you, Bones. All right, Eddie. I'm not calling you a bad parent. parent, I'm just saying. A bad parent for Eddie throwing a seven-year-old kid off the boat. He had a life jacket on. Life jacket on. He floated. Our number is 877-77-BOBBY. Good parent, bad parent. It was fun, though. 877-77-BOBBY. Lunchbox, how's your weekend? Uh, weekend was great. I mean, did yard work, and we went on some walks, played in the pool. The weather was great. I mean, we didn't really do, you can't really do much with a two-year-old. They can't do anything. <laughs> I mean, they really can. You can throw them <laughs> off a boat. You could, yeah. yeah. No, he's seven. Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> you guys send us a lot of emails asking for advice. And sometimes I like to read them back to the show. Let's open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. He says, good morning, studio and Bobby Bone Show. My name is Robert. I have a parenting question. So I remember growing up, my grandparents were always allowed to punish me just like my own parents would. That includes getting spanked, which rarely happened, thank goodness. I was talking to my wife about that, with my wife about that and wondering if we would ever give our parents or siblings permission to punish or even spank our kids if they were watching them for us. I said yes, I'd see nothing wrong with it. However, she was not into the idea as letting someone else spank our kids. Would you let another family member spank your kids within their own judgment if they were looking after them for you? Did any of your parents give free reign to any of your family members to punish or spank you? Thank you, Robert. I'll go first. I don't have kids. I'll just tell you my story. Before. I'm not going to give my feedback. You can do that. Um, I was, I had permission. Anybody could hit me. Like, it was, a, it was a village. It was raised by a village. My grandmother, neighbor, anybody was allowed, if I was bad, to spank me. I don't know that was the best parenting technique. Yeah. But I, all the time, aunts, 
Didn't matter. If I did something that got me in trouble, it was, well, my grandmother raised me, though, for years, too. But it was, all right, go get a Switch. Go pick one. Then I picked the smallest one and show her. Then she'd <laughs> tear me up with it. Um, but I was punished by in, in a group setting. But I don't have kids. Amy, I'll go to you. What do you think? Well, I was spanked only by my mom and my dad. And that's it. So, and I would say the same for, for my family. We've, we don't spank our daughter. We've never had to. Uh, with our son, we have before, and we're moving away from that a little bit. But I would only want it to come from me or my husband. Nobody else. Ever. No. Not your sister? No. And trust her? I trust her, but that's not her. What about me? That's not her Sometimes. Role. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bobby comes in with a switch. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for him, they were spanked at the orphanage. You know, my kids. Really? Uh, wow. Well, yes, but only by Papa Pierre. So, like, the, the nannies didn't do it. It came not from women, but from a man. So, with my son, it actually is more effective if it's my husband and it really has been something that worked for us because that's how he was already raised in a sense. But with our daughter, it hasn't been a thing at all. And now she's 13, so we wouldn't do that. But I I just couldn't see anybody else in my family giving them, even if I trust them or not, putting that responsibility on them. It's a heavy thing and it should, yeah. I, I mostly put it on my husband anyway. Spanking's so. <laughs> <laughs> a weird thing, right? I mean, when and I, I really never thought about it until I got way, way older. And I was like, I used to just get hit yeah. like, with anything. Like extension cords. Oh, my yikes. grandmother would grab anything. Yeah, extension that's... cords, uh, fly swatter. And if I was real bad, she'd pull the fly swatting part off. And just, oh, my gosh. Just whoop me with the, the hangers. What? It, we, that... That wouldn't necessarily fly today. Plungers? Yeah, yeah, probably that not today. That but wouldn't fly today. Or is it flying and we just don't know about it? Oh, I'm sure it I is. I think part of it was because I grew up in a really poor area where nobody really cared about us that much. We were just being spanked. But that just the whole— <laughs> Yeah, if I came on here right now and I was like, man, you know, my kids were awful last night. I just took the extension cord to home. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be— You're right. Uh, I mean, You're right. That, that would... And also, we recognize, too, that we're— we're saying this in jest, but that is the that is happening to some kids, that's and that's point. really like, sad. That is happening. And, it's and was scary. it sad when it was happening to me? Yes. It didn't feel sad to me because I was living it. Yeah. What do you think you'll do when you have kids? Um, I think they'll be so well trained that they'll never trained. have to be punished. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Your kids are going to be perfect. I didn't think about that. Yeah. They'll be so well trained. <laughs> there'll be no punishment. That's what we needed. do. We train our kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'm trained and disciplined. So I'll, I'll probably won't need it. I'll probably just give them a stern look and oh, then they'll yeah. understand. Uh, Eddie, you have four kids. What's happening uh-huh. with you? So I'm like Amy. You know, me only me or my wife spank our kids, um, our biological kids. We can't spank foster kids. We don't do that. And, and, and Wow, really? No, and we don't even, if we do have, I've only had to do it twice, but if we have to spank our biological kids, we have to really separate them all so that way the foster kid doesn't even know that's happening. Very, it's very weird. So, how do you scold your foster kid? Timeout, so, and, and again, timeout can't be in, a, in, oh, a, can't in, be in another room. Yeah, it's got to be on the steps where we're we all are. Mm-hmm. You know, so just away from where the activity is happening. Like if we're all in the living room, then you sit on the steps right there. We can still see you, but you're in timeout and you can't participate. We call that time in. Time in. You can start. Our we learned that from a. a our therapist. Okay. If you want to take that, and well, then they feel like they're still in with you, but they can't move. They don't feel abandoned. It's effective. They definitely do feel like something something different is happening. Like, okay, all right, I can't be part of this this party or whatever, and I'm in trouble. But uh, and and then as far as like my grandparents, uh, my my parents, uh, I would let them. They ne- I don't think they would. My parents my parents spoil my kids. Like and and my wife's parents, I don't think there's any thought of disciplining our children. They're just kind of like, oh, they can do whatever they want. They're not our children. But I would give them permission if, if they asked. So, Amy, no. Eddie, yes. I would say yes if it's one super close person that they're staying an extended amount of time with. Let's say if they're staying a week with them. What if they were, I could spank them, could I? Your kids? If they were staying with you a lot. Yeah. I would just hate for my kids if they were to exist. And then <laughs> if they were somewhere for a long period of time and they were used to being spanked as disciplined and then they were never getting disciplined because, oh, doesn't allow. Yeah. Well, I can already tell you they're not going to – they'll probably be like, yeah, bring it on. Let Amy spank me because that's what my son does. Anytime it's either between my husband or me, and it's been a while, but let's just say in the beginning when we had a spank, if I 
would spank him and then say, you know, well, dad will be home. Do you want me to just wait? He's like, no, can you just go ahead and do it? We get it over with. Because <laughs> he doesn't I, want dad doing it. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm pretty weak. You guys can it. call and leave us a voicemail. Leave it up there. 877-77-BOBBY. I'm going to go, yes, it's okay if it's somebody you super trust and are super close to. Eddie says, yes. You I say, say no. no. I think it's all per parent sure. and per kid anyway. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for that mailbag question. I think a lot of people probably wonder the same thing or experiencing the same thing. And I'm glad we got to talk about that. Morgan, if people want to send us an email, what do they do? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. All right, close it up. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. It's the Good News Countdown. Counting down the biggest good news stories across the land. All right, here we go, friends. Let's get going here. Quick hitters. Number five. A school in Fort Worth, Texas, was able to provide school supplies to all its students this year to save parents money. So 170 families decided to pay it forward, and they came up with over $5,000 and bought supplies for another school that needed them. Dang. That's baller. Multiple levels. First of all, how about this school for being able to figure out how to make have enough money to buy everybody supplies and then they that is just an amazing story number four billy and nelly jones of savannah georgia were born just four days apart back in 1920 they were married when they were both teenagers and after 80 years as a couple they just celebrated their 100th birthdays together so they're both 100 years old Mm -hmm. and they did it in the house that they built together in 1958 wow okay but the appreciation on that house they could probably make a Pretty penny off that thing. That's great. That's awesome. Just being a hundred is awesome. Much less your significant other. 80 years as a married couple. Oh, that's crazy. Number three. A family left a note on their door thanking their delivery drivers along with some snacks for them to take. This is one driver's reaction that will make you smile when you hear it. It's people like you that keep on going. You can't hear it in the clip, but he does a heel kick at the end when he's walking away. This is where Caitlin who is just such a giving person, was like, hey, well, there are a lot of delivery drivers coming by too and long days. And so we set out a big basket and for Uber, anyone, it was like, hey, take whatever you want. Well, the problem is she filled it up like three times. And she's like, okay, we're out of stuff. But I had put on my Uber Eats app, like Postmates app, hey, there's a basket of free stuff. Just take something after you drop off the food. And I left it up even though we'd already taken the basket back. And I forgot, and people were, they were hitting me on the app going, hey, I'm out front. I dropped off the stuff. Where's the free stuff? And I was like, oh, no, I forgot to take that message down. Oh, I know, yeah. a little disappointing. Number two. After spending nearly seven years in the New Jersey shelter system, Brooklyn the dog has finally been adopted. Wow, seven years. The Hamilton Township Animal Shelter in Trenton celebrated in a post. It said it took 2,536 days, but this beautiful girl has finally been adopted. That's awesome. Seven years. Here we go. And the big one here. Number one. Will Clawson just got engaged. So naturally, he asked his brother, Henry Joe, who has Down syndrome, if he'd serve as his best man at his wedding. The exchange was filmed and put on Will's Instagram. This is awesome. Here's a clip. So, Will, you please say yes to be my best man. What? We want to be my best man? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Isn't that awesome? Love it. That's awesome. That was the Good News Countdown. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. An auto shop owner named TJ Crossman is about to give away a car to a person in need. It's the fourth car that he's given away. Every year, the last couple years, he's done this. He's accepting nominations now. He's been motivated to give back since he survived about with cancer 15 years ago. And so what he does is he collects parts, old car, and then he kind of rebuilds it and then gives it to somebody. Wow. Amazing. Like like over the year, he spends his time doing this. Isn't that crazy? That's good. That's what I'm talking about. That was Tell Me Something Good. People's biggest pet peeves with people they live with. Okay, here are the top five. And then I actually asked Caitlin what her pet peeves are about me before before I left this morning. Uh, number five, having people over to the house without a heads up. All right. Uh, number four, eating someone else's food. Yeah, that's frustrating. I feel like I make a lot sometimes, and then my husband will just eat it. And I'm like, well, that was supposed to be for the whole family tomorrow. <laughs> number three, lounging. Just hanging, just like, bleh. 
I feel like Eddie did a lounger at his house. You think I just lounge <laughs> yeah, all day? I do. I no. do. I yeah, do not all day, but <laughs> or a lot of the day I do. It's a, lounging is cool if it's it's lounge time, but if it's not, then it's annoying. Number two is wasting electricity. That's a pet peeve that people do. Yeah. Then number one is not stacking your dishes. And I wonder if that's stacking or if it's doing the dishes. Mm. Like the number one thing is your partner or the person you live with not doing the dishes. Right. Bothersome to you? Yeah. What's your pet peeve with your husband? Coffee grinds everywhere. Right now, it's a problem. At our new house, we have this one little part of the countertop that's dedicated to the coffee. And now he thinks like that can just be his space where it doesn't matter. I want to know every day where, how he thinks those coffee grounds that are all over the counter and the coffee's drip like stains, how they go away every day. (laughs) That's what I want to know. Yeah. Who do you think? He just magically disappears? No, every day. I clean it up. What do you think his would be with you? Nothing. Okay. And but I'm going to tell you, uh, probably Let's not add, true. No, it's not true. I know that I'm annoying for sure, so we would need to ask him, though. And I, I don't have any with any things with Caitlin. She's perfect as far as living with. Makes the bed. Have no There's issue like whatsoever. There's like nothing. Like sometimes I, she wants to talk and you don't really Oh, well, talk. she wants to talk all the time. <laughs> right. And, and you I'm not a talk. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of something because there has to be something. Nothing comes to mind. And I asked her, and I get this is very early when I woke her up and asked her this. So I was like, hey, what are your pet peeves with me? I don't know that they're pet peeves, but things you do that I just don't understand. That's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, If something is sealed, chips, uh, rice cakes, whatever it is, if it's sealed with one of those little plastic toppers or even the wire ones that you spin and twist, you don't use them again. Like you open it and then you throw it away, the twisty thing, or it just goes. But then I wrap it and then lean it on the wrap. It so it's the work. Everything is stale okay. all the time. All right. Anything else? Yeah. You, um, sometimes you take your plates or your bowls to the dishwasher. I can't even talk. Sink. It's early. It's before the show. Go ahead. I take it to the sink. You take it to the sink and you don't rinse them. I fill it with water. No. <laughs> In fact, last night you filled it with water and I was so taken aback that I didn't even bring it up because I was like, don't make a big deal about this. Don't make a big deal about it because then he might not do it again if I make a big deal about it. Okay. And anything else? Yeah. You don't always put the toilet seat down. That's true. And I feel bad about that because sometimes you'll come out and be like, I just fell in. And I, what do I always say? Oh, I'm getting wait. better. That brings me to another thing that oh, you do that kind of drives me insane. You bring up things that you do that are normal to try to get me to give you some sort of props. You're like, hey, I fed Stanley this morning. And I'm like, I've fed him every day, three times a day for the past however okay, long. Well, that's like the that. end of this segment. All right. Thank you. Sorry she had nothing. Um, all right. Back to you, which is me in the studio. Okay. Oh, my you gosh. You're like my son. What? I made my bed today. <laughs> well, you're supposed to. I brushed my teeth today. We, no, you're not getting rewarded for something you are supposed to do every it's day. It's not like that Chris Rock joke from yeah. way back in the day. <laughs> you're supposed to pay your child support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are always bragging about, they pay, I pay my child support. He goes, you're supposed to pay your child support. <laughs> uh, right. You can uh, go to Facebook and put your biggest pet peeve with your husband or wife, whoever you live with. Uh, search Bobby Bone Show on Facebook. So I'm going to give you the real first name of a famous country artist. You just tell me who it is and who we know him by. For example, Frederick. Is that Dirk Spentley or John Party? It's Dirk Spentley. Yeah. We did that one before the break. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Troyle. Now, whose first name is Troyle? Is that Garth Brooks' real name or George Strait's real name? Troyle. Troyle. Oh, my gosh. I did not know either of them had a different name. I didn't know that was a name. <laughs> Troyle? Troyle. Troyle. I'm going to go with Garth. Real name, Troyal Garth Brooks. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Patricia. Is that Reba or is it Trisha Yearwood? Well, it makes more sense if it's Patricia, but is this a trick question? Patricia, is it Reba or is it Trisha Yearwood? Trisha Yearwood. The answer Patricia Lynn Yearwood. (laughs) All right, Kenneth, whose real name is Kenneth. Is it Eric Church or Jason Aldean? Eric Church, I think? Kenneth. Kenneth, Kenneth, Kenneth. 
I think it's say it like both of them. Do an impression of them, but you, you'll get it. Kenneth. That's Eric Church. Good. Yeah. Do Adeen. Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Eric Church. I think it's Kenneth Eric Church. Eileen. Whose name is Eileen? Is it Faith Hill or Shania Twain? Oh, man. Eileen. I, I know this one. I think it's Faith Hill. The answer is Eileen Regina Edwards, and that would be Shania Twain. Oh. <laughs> oh well, she just went totally different. But Faith Hill's name is Audrey Faith Perry. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, how about Samuel? Is Samuel Tim McGraw or Toby Keith? Oh, Tim McGraw. Uh, Tim McGraw is Samuel Timothy McGraw, yeah. Yeah. And his dad is... Oh. Come on. Oh, I just had it. Tug McGraw. Tut, yeah. I was going to say tut. (laughs) That's King. No, no. King Tut. It was on the tip of my tongue. All right, one more. Colden. Colden. Is that Chris Stapleton? Colden Chris Stapleton? Or is that Cole Swindell? Colden. I think it's... Gotta be Cole Swindell. Even though is that your yeah. answer? Oh, well, <laughs> I guess it is your answer. Yeah, yeah it's Cole Swindell. Colden Rainey Swindell. Hmm. Rainey. I've never heard of Troyle or Colden. Me neither. <laughs> Until today. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So a group of girls, they're going to get their chance to make a case in front of a judge as to why they should be able to play tackle football in Utah. They, of course, should be able to play tackle football. Absolutely. If you can make the team, go make the team. Now, I don't think that they should be given any special liberty. You know, well, you're a girl, so we're going to make it easier for you. No, but of course they should be able to play. I know girls when I was younger that could have played. There were girls. We played Sparkman High School. There was a girl that played defensive end for them. She was like third string, but she got in, and every dude in our team was scared to death that she, not that they were scared of her, but they were scared that she was going to make a play on them, and then it would be on film. So absolutely, (laughs) if a girl is strong enough and fast enough, same as a guy, let her play football. What if a girl wanted to play in the NFL? Great, if she's good enough. I don't care what sex you are. If she's good enough... She should be able to play. So do you think that doesn't work out or that's not applying like in basketball because there are girl basketball teams and boy basketball teams? There's no real like girl school football teams. Yes, in a way. I would say that, though, that if there was a woman who was a good enough basketball player, she would play in the NBA. Yeah. Okay. But we are mostly men get a lot stronger just generally speaking, we're bigger. Um, and we kind of outsize most women. Mm-hmm. But not all. No, I agree. No. I hear what you're saying. I'm just genuinely curious. Because, yeah. I mean, with football and these girls having to put their case out let there, them, let them, there's no girls' football team at schools. I So they should they should have somewhere to absolutely. play if they want to play. I advocate for, for women having a shot to do anything that guys do. Yeah. Okay, cool. You want to pee standing up? Have at it. Maybe tough for you. <laughs> no, they've invented uh, I know, I know. stuff for I that. Know. All right, what else you got? <laughs> so Dolly Parton says that she has never been in a fight with her husband, Carl Dean. My husband and I have never fought. We've never bickered back and forth because I never wanted us to say bad things that we would have to remember. But we'll just kind of walk off or go do something else and, you know, kind of let that die down. I have to work at anything. Marriage is a is a business, too. Yeah, she said that she treats her marriage like a business partnership, and she that's how she handles business, so that's how she handles her marriage. And I was like, oh, dang, I've only been married 14 years, and I've had lots of fights. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got? Shoot. Uh, so there's a guy who gets paid to go to people's funerals and settle scores or take care of things or tell secrets after the loved one or the person has passed on. So it's like... Hey, go take after I die, you can go ahead and tell some people this. Or he says people also hire him to get rid of things like money, drugs, or guns that they don't want their family or friends to find. Hey, once if I die, you got to take care of this for me because I don't want people to find it. He's basically a fix it guy. Yes. (laughs) And you pay him as you're dying Mm -hmm. like $10,000, right? Yep. And then he goes and takes care of whatever crap you need. The thing is, here's here's why this job could be perfect. (laughs) 
You could be paid. He dies. He doesn't exactly. know if you didn't do it. Exactly. <laughs> you could have 10000 bucks a pop. Nobody ever knows you didn't do it. You don't even have to go to the funeral. You just chill. Because <laughs> the person's dead. Exactly right. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. Addison had a birthday coming up. She was turning eight years old. Her mom comes to her and says, Addison, what do you want for your birthday? She says, Mom, I don't want presents. I want donations to the animal shelter. So her mom posted on Facebook, said, no presents, only donations. And people came through with 12,000 pounds of food. Wow. Wow. See, sometimes Facebook does do good things. Most time not. Yeah. Yeah. Like 99.9% not. But occasionally one of those stories makes you go, that's why Facebook's good. And that's why that little girl is good. Got all those presents you could have, but instead all those animals get to eat. There you go. That's good news right there. Tell me something good. That was Tell Me Something Good. Going to listen to a voicemail here from Belinda from Albany, Oregon, right outside of Portland. Here you go. Hi, Bobby. I don't know how long you guys have been on up here, but for at least four or five months, I've been listening to you. The first time I listened to you guys and heard Amy's positivity, you're just giving kind souls. I love you all. Bye. Thank you very much. Well, let's take more of those calls, I'll be honest with you. Load those up. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for listening to us in Portland, too. We're still really new up there, so we appreciate that support and that encouragement. We love it. All right, let's go over to Amy now and get the morning corny. The morning corny. Why are basketball players messy eaters? Why are basketball players messy eaters? They're always... Say it. Say it. It's funny. Say it. Come on. Are they? Say yeah, it. Yeah, come it, on. They're always dribbling. Yeah, dribble. From their mouth. From their mouth. <laughs> that was the morning corny. One of the rare times Amy quits a joke right in the middle of it, and then we have to encourage her was, across the finish line. Because, I mean, I liked it, and then when I started to really say it, I thought, I was already anticipating that you, you're going to be like, oh, that was lame. <laughs> don't do that. I have to be confident. The purpose, yeah, the, pur- I know. the purpose is, that of course they're lame. They're but lame. I don't always think that they're lame. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. If your husband said, I just don't want to wear my wedding ring anymore. Would you care? A little bit. I would wonder why. Because why Why have you been wearing it for this many years and now suddenly it bothers you? It's uncomfortable. Almost one third of new husbands are choosing not to wear a wedding ring. Um, in the room here, Lunchbox, do you wear yours? Nope. Eddie, do you wear yours? Of course. Have it on right now. Scuba Steve, do you wear yours? Yeah, I wear it every day. I feel weird without it. Got it on. And listen, that's about here too. One of three, which is Lunchbox. But why doesn't Lunchbox yeah, wear yeah, it? Yeah, I want to know this. I've just never worn jewelry, never owned a watch, never had anything. So I just, it felt weird. And so I just don't wear it. No need to. So it's either because of their job or they find it uncomfortable or bothersome. That's it. The job? Well, the, <laughs> yeah, the job. I mean, I, want, I don't want the ladies to think. No, it's just uncomfortable. It feels weird to have it on your hand all the time. According to marriage counselors, if a husband is ring-free from the beginning, there's nothing to panic about. They just don't like wearing rings. Right. I can see that. However, if he's not ring-free, then all of a sudden, wants to be ring-free, there's probably something to think about there. Like, why? Which like, like my you point. said. Yeah. yeah. And my husband does take his off for work, though. Um, What if he wanted to wear it around his neck, like on a chain? Huh? Guys do that? Yeah. No. Why, why like would you want to do I think that? that's actually pretty cool. What? Why? Because it's closer to your heart? No, just because I don't want to wear anything <laughs> on my hand. I have trouble with watches. I never wear watches because any jewelry around my hands, I just don't wear anything. Okay, you run that by Caitlin. What? You're wearing it as a necklace eventually whenever y'all get married one day. Soon. Probably not a fight I'd like to get into. So Yet, I'm, I'm, no, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm, I avoid that stuff at this point. Uh, On the Bobby Bones Show now. Josh Turner. What's up, man? How's it going? Good. Is, is this the first time you've been in the studio? In this studio, yeah. So since we've knew, how long has it been since you've been here? It's been years, huh? Uh, has it not? Like he had no. a, he had, we had a number one. And then when did you come in for your book? I've seen you at remotes. And that that I know okay. I've seen you. And I've, it hasn't been that long. Well, let me say this. Well, it seems like I missed you. That's what it feels like. That's, My yeah. heart just feels like it missed you, Josh. <laughs> Every day seems like a year. Dang. That's right. uh, Josh Turner is here. I was thinking about you coming in today, and I wondered, when you go through a drive through do people ever recognize your voice through the, just the person like, welcome to Starbucks? <laughs> You're like, I'd like to get a, a double shot of bun. And they're like, are you Josh Turner? Does that ever happen? Uh, Not at the drive through Um. But uh, yeah, usually when I go into a restaurant, if I'm by myself, I just I, I when I open my mouth, it gives it away. So 
when did your voice start to go that deep? What age? I had been singing bass and stuff in a in a quartet when I was in my teens, uh, early in high school, but it didn't have the depth and the texture that it has now because um, I didn't really know how to technically use my voice. I didn't know there was a proper way to use your voice, and and so I injured my voice in 1996. That led to my first trip to Nashville to the Vanderbilt Voice Clinic, and so I through all that rehabilitation process i had to kind of learn how to sing and talk all over again and that was when i kind of started noticing that my voice was developing into what you hear now and so it was really kind of a blessing in disguise so it's probably you know i'd say technically like early early college when it really kind of took shape josh turner's here he's gonna play uh first i requested that you play your man if you're cool with that yeah Man, okay. that, that is such a jam, and it's such an up, upbeat song, and it makes me want to be a, somebody's man. You know, all the things <laughs> that should make you feel. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't mind, uh, here is uh, Josh Turner here on the Bobby Bone Show. <clears throat> Baby, lock the door and turn the lights down low. Put some music on that's soft and slow. Baby, we ain't got no place to go. I hope you understand I've been thinking about this all day long Never felt a feeling quite this strong I can't believe how much it turns me on Just to be your man There you go, Bobby Bones. <laughs> and now we'll... We talk out of it now. That's right, folks. That's Josh Turner coming to you this morning. That's right. Traffic today, 72 degrees. Feeling good. I draw on the way to work today. Be sure to wave at somebody. Just don't touch their hand with your hand because you know what happens then. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. Uh, Josh Turner's here on this record, Country State of Mind. There's a track. You do a Hank Jr. song with Chris Jansen. Uh, it's it's Country State of Mind. The, the, the record's named after this. Here's a clip of Josh and Chris Jansen doing Country State of Mind. I'm just laid up here in a country state of mind. You have Chris Jansen. You have Runaway June. You have Maddie and Tay. Special guest appearance from Randy Travis. A duet with Chris Christopherson. Who's making all these calls for you? Because you have the most loaded cell phone I've ever seen. You need to get all these folks <laughs> on your record. Uh, I did all of them pretty much, um, all but Allison Moore, um, which was kind of a surprise because I had done Alone and Forsaken, and then my producer, Kenny Greenberg, said, hey, you mind if we if I bring in uh, Allison Moore to sing on this? I said, absolutely, go go for it, because I I was listening to her when I was in college and um, always loved you know her voice, and um, she actually had a song called Long Black Train, so I'm not the only one. <laughs> In a second, I'm going to play a couple more tracks from Country State of Mind. Um, we do something with guests called uh, Urban Legends, stories we read about them online that we don't know if they're true or not. I have one for you that I read about you, and I was like, is that even true? So I'm going to run a whole it. lot urban about me. So, Well, we'll see. <laughs> I'll run it by you. Uh, Josh Turner, we'll come back in one second. Bobby Bones Show. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Josh Turner. Uh, here you go. This is the urban legend that I read about you. Okay. When you were a student at Belmont, you went to Johnny Cash's property. You saw the gate was open. You took it as a sign. So you went and knocked on the door. The doorknob wiggles. The door swings open. And there stands Johnny Cash. He and I both jumped back, Josh Turner says, because he didn't expect to see me. And I sure didn't expect to see him. True or false? That's very true. Wow. Yeah. Wait, you tried to walk inside someone's house? I didn't try to walk in his house, but the well, gate from the land. I walked up he knocked to on the door. Yeah. I know, but then he said he wiggled the knob. And the- I think Johnny Cash wiggled the knob, or did yeah. you? No, you said the doorknob wiggled. Yeah, which and- was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The- I yeah. thought. Sorry, he said the doorknob, <laughs> and I thought he just straight up was like, "I see this as a sign. I'm just gonna walk right in." And I was like, "What? Okay, that makes sense now. That's yeah. crazy." But then what happens? Right, right then, does he call the cops, or do you guys go and make a salad, or what happens? <sighs> you know, I was just. A young, dumb college student um, that had stars in my eyes, and I just—I uh, was just trying to meet my hero because um, I had been reading his autobiography and I had read about the neurological disorder that he had been diagnosed with. And I—I I got to thinking one day that if I didn't get to meet Johnny Cash before he died, that I would be extremely disappointed. And so 
I knew I was taking a risk, but I didn't really know what to expect. And so I get there, and like 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 you say, the, the gate was completely open. I drive in, I park, I walk up to the door, I knock. Um, nobody answered, so I kind of walked around the corner of the house, and it was just pitch black dark around the, the house. And I said, mm, I probably should stay over here in the light. And uh, so I went back, I knocked again. There's a stained glass window beside the door, and I could see through the window, and there's a painting of june on the wall so i was like this has got to be the place so i knock really hard and i hear this voice from the depths of the house saying coming coming and my heart just started fluttering and so like i say the the door swings open and there's johnny cash and he and i both kind of flinched um and once we got over the initial shock i just started kind of introducing myself telling him why i was there you know, I was a big fan of his, been reading his book and all this kind of stuff and just uh, thanked him for the impact that he had had on me. And he was just very nice and down to earth and shook my hand. He laughed, wow. you know, when I, I told him my heart was about to beat out of my chest and he kind of laughed and said, well, you know, we're all human. And and um, so, like I say, he, he spent a few minutes with me and then he said, I'm going to go back in and rest. And I said, I understand. So he he shuts the door and I start walking back to my truck and I just broke down crying because I could not believe that it had just happened. And then the morning that I woke up and found out that he had passed away, I was so thankful that I had taken that leap of faith to try to go meet him because that was the only opportunity I ever had to meet him. Wow. What a story. <clears throat> wow. I mean, cause cool and you seem very normal, but also that could be very scary for a, uh, artist. I mean, even oh, yeah. with you now, that means someone, a big Josh Turner fan, could see your. If his gate's open, gate have open, at it, right? <laughs> and then what you're saying, basically? You know, come knock at your door, which you're stable and see, you know, but if someone was not, that would be very. Well, somebody asked me earlier, like, what I learned from that. And I said, well, I've learned that if somebody knocks on my door, don't shoot them because they might end, might end up being famous and they, I don't want them hating me. <laughs> Talking love... bad about me in interviews. <laughs> Josh Turner is here. I'm going to ask you one more thing here before we get into another song. But you have four boys. Mm -hmm. What about you as producing all the boys and no girls? A lot of testosterone, is I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, just a, yeah. His the, deep voice. Riders in the Sky uh, nickname, nicknamed me the, the Tornado of Testosterone, so uh, I, I guess that's it. I don't know. So <laughs> are you going to have a girl? Are you trying for a girl? You, we uh, did. We tried four times. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> Tried that's, and failed four times. That's funny. <clears throat> so. All right. Uh, Josh Turner's here. By the way, let me mention again, on the 21st, but, but there's a bunch of tracks out now. I'm No Stranger to the Rain. Country State of Mind with Chris Jansen. That's a Hank Jr. song. I can tell by the way you dance. I've got it made. By the way, that, that's a John Anderson song, and he's actually on the song, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aha. Now, yeah. that's probably a little nerve-wracking, because you cover a song with a buddy, <laughs> but you cover a song with the... Let me play. Do you have a clip of that, Raymundo? You're singing it with the guy, with John, with Sim, Mr. Seminole Wind. So you can't sing it like John Anderson when right. he's singing on. Yeah, so it's a lot of pressure. Did you guys sing together? We, uh, I had already done my part, but I was in the studio when he did his part. That's so. got to be so cool, right? Yeah, yeah. So, dang. All right, all right. And I just kept listening to how he did his. I was like, is he going to make me have to go back in and, and sing, re-sing my part? You know, but it all worked out. And you'd be like, hey, John, while you're here, let's do, let's, let's do some swinging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, uh, Josh, you're going to play uh, Forever and Ever Amen, which is, you know, for me, one of the songs growing up in Arkansas, Kiss in 96. Mm -hmm. Randy Travis. Yeah. Why this song? Why'd you pick this song? Uh, It's Randy's signature song and uh and i had seen several events around town where somebody would you know go out and sing this song and they would have randy come out and sing you know the last amen and um you know i, I just uh, i was like man you know we, we need a recorded version of that and so um so i i asked randy if he would come in and and uh i asked him i said hey you know i've seen you do this live in a lot of different settings and um, but we're in the studio now, so if you want to sing more than just the last amen, feel free. And he said, nope. <laughs> so, so, so I was like, well, Randy Travis is literally getting the last word. So. Well, and let's, Randy's here, which is really cool, so we can bring him in now. So Randy Travis is, is here too, which is awesome. Just so grateful that you guys 
came in to play some music here. You may think that I'm talking foolish You've heard that I'm wild and I'm free You may wonder how I can promise you now This love that I feel for you always will be You're not just time that I'm killing I'm no longer one of those guys As sure as I live This love that I give Is gonna be yours Until the day that I die Oh baby, I'm gonna love you forever Forever and ever, amen As long as old men Sit and talk about the weather As long as old women Sit and talk about old men If you wonder how long I'll be faithful I'll be happy to tell you again I'm gonna love you forever and ever Forever and ever Forever and ever Forever and ever Nice. That was great. Come on. Wow. Josh Turner, Randy Travis. One take. Wow. (laughs) Get it. Wow, wow, wow. Great job. Both of you guys, great job. We're just such big fans of you two. Mr. Travis just grew up. When I think of growing up in Central Arkansas as a kid, it was just absolutely, it was mostly Randy Travis and Garth, and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all it was. It was Randy Travis and Garth, and uh, I know with Amy, it's a little more George Strait than it was. It was probably more George Strait and Randy Travis. Yeah. That's why I don't know, too. I can't, I don't want to look. I'm getting about, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) We have so many people in and out of here, but um, that song just took me, it takes me right back to my childhood and like Mm -hmm. my dad and friends and riding around. And I had no idea you were even here today. (laughs) So I guess I was a little shocked when you came in and then just to see, I don't know, that song just, touches a lot of people and so it's just cool to hear that today and yeah. then hear you be a part of it and now I'm all emotional I don't even know why I'm like what is happening but well it's it's proof of <laughs> the the influence and the impact that yeah. one person can have on the world really yeah. because you know you think about your memories and how Randy's music affected you and you know Randy you know is the reason that that I moved to Nashville because he, he made me realize that it's possible for somebody that grew up in a small tobacco farming community mm-hmm. to come to Nashville, to come to the big city and get a record deal. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, so he, mm-hmm. he inspired me. You so. know, Randy, we were out, I was out with some buddies and they had me, they said, Hey, they don't know a lot about country music. And they said, Hey, make, make like a 10 song playlist. And so I had, Digging Up Bones was one of them that I put on there. Man, you talk about being a kid with my grandma, Digging Up Bones. With, Randy, that was my jam. I, I sang it loud as I could the other day, so it's, it's really nice to have you here. That's, I, that's the first country song I ever sang in front of a crowd. Is it because oh. I'm oh. so deep? I, and I was 13 years old, had no idea what a negligee was. <laughs> so, so I appreciate that. I was making that's all awesome. the old ladies in church kind of blush, you know. So Love that's it. funny. Okay, Josh Turner, uh, Randy, great to see you. Always, always a pleasure. This has been a just a real fun experience for all of us. So it's a real special day for us. So thank you guys. Yeah, cool. Thank all right, you. there he is, Josh Turner, Randy all Travis, right. everybody. It's time for the good news with Amy. Tell me something good. There's this woman, Kari Woods, a mom of five. She was at vacation Bible school at her church praying for an eight-year-old girl named Abby who needed a new kidney. And after she found out that she was a match, she thought, you know what? I really feel like the Lord is telling me to give this little girl 
my kidney. So she did, and the surgery went well, and Abby is now in good health, jumping rope, playing outside, and doing all of that, all because this woman learned about her at Vacation Bible School to pray for her. Wow. And she was the answered prayer. Ah! <laughs> wow. You know? That's I a, love it. That's, yeah, me too. That's a good one. That's Tell Me Something Good right there. That was Tell Me Something Good. What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning. Uh, here is Andrew from California. Morning, studio. I just wanted to get your advice, Bobby. Me and my girl are currently in a long-distance relationship, and I know you and Caitlin were at that point. But um, I just want some advice. We're both young. We're both trying to live it up. So just some advice would be great. Thank you. My advice, and it was the first ever long-distance relationship I'd ever done, we just always had a plan next. We weren't ever just living separately going, I wonder when we'll see each other again. Even if it was far away, we had a plan uh, we were looking forward to when she would come here or I would go there. But then again, we got hit with Corona pretty quick because we dated for a few, only a few months. And then she was just kind of trapped here, which in the end was the greatest thing to ever happen to me. Right. So I, my only advice to you, sound like you're a young guy, is just make sure that, you know, whenever you leave, you already have your next little spot planned because you're looking forward to something always. Otherwise, you kind of just feel like you're floating. Uh, Caitlin used to come to town and then she would get here and then start to get sad already because she'd have to, she knew she'd have to leave in a few oh. days. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't get sad until you're actually leaving. Yeah, I do that. Like, just it's, be happy for a second. Yeah. And so, and then I'd take her to the airport and I would talk with her. I would say like, hey, there's no need to get sad. You're going to come back. We already have our next trip planned. Like, that's why it worked for us. I was like, don't get sad. This is not, you're coming back in three weeks or two weeks. And then you're going to get stuck here. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then you're going to live out of one single small suitcase for three months. Um, yeah, that would be my advice there, Andrew. Good luck. It can work. It's tough. It can work. But there's also got to be a bit of a plan for how to end the long distance as well. There's got to be an end to the means. Uh, let's do one more. Here you go. This is uh, Heather in North Dakota. Just wanted to find out if you and Caitlin had your own song, had your song as a couple. We have a few. I mean, I, her and I haven't really talked about this on the level of just picking a song, but I've, I've made a list here. Uh, the first time we kind of went somewhere together, and she knows every 90s country song, every word to every 90s country song. And so we were, uh, Brooks and Dunn, Neon Moon had, oh, I know what was happening. Eddie and I were practicing because we were playing with Brooks and Dunn. And I was learning, making sure I knew every word of the song. Because you feel like you do until you have to sing it with them. <laughs> right. And you're yeah. like, oh. And then... We just kind of sang it. That song reminds me of her because we just sang it for an entire weekend. So that's not our song, but that's one. Also, the Dua Lipa song, Don't Stop Now, reminds me of her when we first met. Don't come out. Don't stop caring about me now. Because I didn't even love the song, but she liked the song, and she went to the same church as Dua Lipa. And so I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is cool. And so that song was a big one. Uh, Jesse and the Rippers forever. <laughs> you serious? Yeah. Why? Why this? Because she used to play it all the time and be like, this is my song for you. And she was kind of kidding, but not really. And also, who doesn't love Full House? True. And Jesse's playing this at the wedding. Forever. There's a jam. Um, but fine. The one that I would say is our song, not because we've picked it or had this conversation, and this song because... The f- she says that sh- when she knew that I was the one for her, I took her to a Matt Carney concert. And we were in Oklahoma City because I surprised her by going to the Oklahoma City Thunder game. And then Matt Carney was playing. He's a, he's a friend of mine. And so after the game, we went over and watched the back end of his show and hung out with him afterward. But he played this song at the very end of it. And she said when during this song is when she knew that I was the one. And it's nothing left to lose. Good morning, we'll see. So, and then we listen to that song all the time, too, because we, we know all the words to it, and that was a real special time for us. And then in the song, too, he talks about moving to Nashville, you know, yeah. and probably in her life, too, she's thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, I could live in Nashville. Well, and that whole song, too, is like, let's just go for it. Yes. Like, there's, we got nothing to lose. Let's just go get it. So, yeah, and it's a jam, too. Where awesome. were you in that, since you know where you were, like, the game and the concert, if that's when she had the moment of knowing, where were you at that moment? Already knew. You knew too? 
Well, yeah, because I plan the whole trip. I'm not planning a trip like that for somebody mm-hmm. that I'm not berserk over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And she said, I haven't seen it, and I'm not going to ask her for it, that she took notes on her phone that night on how she felt because she didn't want to let that kind of go by. And she wanted to, I guess maybe when she gets mad at me later, she can go check it. <laughs> <laughs> her little diary. But I think, and I can ask her, I think that's probably our, if we had to sit and vote on a song, I think that's it. Nothing left to lose, Matt Carney. But those other ones remind me of her a lot. Neon. Every time I hear Neon Moon now, it's like that's. I just think about that's us. cool. Yeah. Do you have a song? Not like your first dance at your wedding, but like a song that you, you and your husband when you first started being together was like your song. I mean, ours is anything. When we first started dating, he loves Texas country. So and Pat Green ended up being one of our songs. But I would say anything Jerry Jeff, Pat Green, Robert O'Keen. And even some other guys that aren't as known as those Texas country guys. So you have a whole format as your song? Even now, <laughs> yes. Holy crap. I, All the Texas country oh guys. <laughs> Anything with the red dirt in it is our song. No, but I will say like even Parker McCollum's song that's out now, when it comes on the radio, it instantly has that Texas country feel. And I think of him already with that song. And he, he loves it. But there's not a song. Oh, but I can think of right now, unless it's Pat Green Crazy, but... Eddie? You said not that. I think ours kind of came later. We had our early ones, but I think Fix You Now has become our song because of just the roller coaster ride that our marriage has been. Ups, downs, ups, downs, and we've always just kind of ended up being there for each other, so... When Fix You comes on, we both just get really quiet and say, like, gosh, I love this song. Like, we, yeah, I do, too. And what station you. are you listening to where Fix You <laughs> no, comes on? I, on our playlist. playlist. I was going to say. <laughs> no, not, not the radio. Because <laughs> I listen to the alternative stuff, too. They never play Fix <laughs> no, You. No, they don't. It's always, like, hateful stuff now. <laughs> I'm having some work done on the house outside, and I was walking out, coming over here today, and it smells like WD-40. And I love the smell of WD-40. That and gasoline. I probably shouldn't love it as much as I do, but I could just sit there and take it in. Is there a smell that is a little weirder, but you love it? Yeah, and I just realized how much I missed it or loved it from back in my tennis days because we were cleaning out the garage, and I found some tennis ball cans and opened them up to put some stuff away. And when I popped open the can, Hmm. I just That's a good smell. Sniffed it, Mm -hmm. and so brand new tennis ball smell. Mm. Eddie, you? Uh, my weird one is Parmesan cheese. People say it stinks. Oh, like it's so oh, yeah, bad, it's but good. I really like the way it smells. Do you guys like gas? No, oh, I love no. gas. No, no, no. You don't? No. Mm-mm. You act like it's a bad thing. It's stinky. Sometimes skunks smell good to me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Why? I don't know. Not all skunks, but there are certain... Maybe I don't know what they ate that day. I don't know. But there are some skunks that if they... If I drive down the road, mm. I'm like, oh, this so is kind of a... Do you like the smell of... No, I don't. See, because that, that, that smells the same to me. That's skunk. Oh, it does? Really? Yeah. Do you like the smell of Mary J? <laughs> <laughs> Mary Jane. Um, not What's per- it called? Not particularly. Mary Jane. Is that called Mary J? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you say I'm J sorry. or Jane? You said J. I oh. said J. I, I thought it was like doctor's cousin. Mary, Mary J. J. Dr. J. Yeah. Um, not particularly, no, I don't, no. Yeah, me, not at all. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Lunchbox, you have a smell you like? Oh, uh, yeah, I like smelly socks. Like, every time I take my socks off, I have to smell them. I just, I don't know why. It's something about my, that smells like, mm, good day. Morgan, you? <laughs> yeah, I love new car smells. Like, getting in a fresh car, that leather, mm, smells great. One more, Raymundo, what you got? Yeah, whenever my chick leaves something in the oven too long and it gets burnt, Sets off the fire alarm. I actually love the smell, and I just slowly <laughs> fan it. That's weird. You like burnt food? Yeah, yeah, I really do. I don't know what it is, but uh, it yeah it definitely brings up my senses a little bit. That's funny. I hadn't heard that before. Are these things cheap, or are these things frugal? Okay. What do you think the difference is in your mind? Oh, uh, cheap is like a you're being cheap. Like a cheapskate. <laughs> you're trying to, you're stingy with your money for no real reason. Nice. I like that. That's a good definition. Like and, you're just stingy for the sake of it. Right. And then being frugal is you have to be smart about how you spend your money. And you're you're trying to respect that. Okay. Cheap or frugal? Not taking your turn to buy everyone around round of drinks. <laughs> cheap. I would say cheap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, buying generic food products. Like, frankly, as a kid, we never got the boxes of cereal. We had to look at the bottom, and instead of Frosted Flakes, we had Flakes of Frost. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that is frugal. 
That's frugal. Yeah. yeah, that's not cheap. That's frugal because you really can. It's like generic medicine. They're like, do you want the generic brand? Heck of yeah, course. I want the generic the brand. Same thing, There's man. No difference. Yeah. Regifting is regifting cheap or frugal? Cheap. Ooh, I don't know because sometimes you have a gift that maybe isn't for you, but you can give it to somebody else and they're gonna love it. I'm gonna go with frugal on regifting. Okay. Because I never regift because I'm like, oh, I just want to get rid of this. But if I have something I'm not gonna use. And it's uh, give it to Eddie. I'll take it too. I'm gonna go frugal. Okay. Really? Is anybody else with me on this? Y'all all all think it's frugal? I think it's frugal. Uh, I don't think I don't think people are gonna disagree with you angrily. (laughs) But generally speaking, Uh, I would think it's it's frugal. Okay. Cheap. Okay. No, but it's your opinion, not ours. Uh, Watering down the soap and soap dispensers. Cheap or frugal? Frugal. Ooh, that's cheap. Soap, <laughs> soap gets right to my heart, though. You gotta be clean. Soap gets right to my heart. Like, okay. I'm going cheap on that one. Like, okay. there's some things you just shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Not blasting the air conditioning right now when it's super hot. It depends on what you can afford, but let's just say you can afford it and you're my husband, you're being cheap. Oh, I was going to go frugal. Okay, you have a personal no, story there. No, he is being frugal, but I... I don't I don't need to be hot when we can have it on, but I <laughs> it does I am thankful for my air because I know some people do not have it. All right, and that's been cheaper frugal. Thank you. Um we should do corny after dark. <laughs> okay. For our listeners that are new to this show, Amy does a segment eh, hour and a half or so ago. It's called the morning corny. It's a little corny joke. Fun for the kids most. That's how it started. Amy loves corny jokes. But now there's a new hybrid where it's it's a little more adult, so we save it I don't know if for... I can say some other things. Well, we'll bleep it. Ray is sitting there with the bleep button. Mm-hmm. And if we have to bleep it, we will. Okay, Ray, are you ready? Yep. And now the morning corny after dark. Why are men's voices louder than women? Why are men's voices louder than women? Men have an antenna. <laughs> I don't get it. Is that the whole joke, or did you end? That was it. Men have an antenna. Oh, Oh, you're going to have to beep this, Ray. She means they're... Oh, my gosh. You didn't get that? No, and I didn't until Amy did her hand in an upward motion. (laughs) (laughs) And you started laughing as soon as you finished it. She's still laughing. My eyes are going to water. I'm not going to be... I've started modestly. (laughs) And we do not have antennas, by the way. I have a little, little, little <laughs> transmitter, transmitter radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, I need a tissue. Okay, please. okay. Hit it again. Okay. And now the morning corny after dark. What's the best part about gardening? What's the best part about gardening? She's laughing so hard she can't even say it. <laughs> Come on. What's the best part about gardening? Getting down and dirty with your hose. <laughs> No, it's kind of funny. That's, that's kind of corny. It's really funny. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. All right, hit me with another one. Um, and now the morning corny after dark. What do you get when you cross a with a potato? Oh <laughs> Wait, the setup's dirty. Yeah. Wait, okay. So we got to beep this the first, you know, we'll do the beep the first thing. What do you get when you cross a <laughs> with a potato? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad, man. Oh, <laughs> I think Ray's fingers oh, getting tired from bleeping everything. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from California. A 25-year-old man showed up to the hospital. He said, man, I got attacked by two guys. They slashed me with a razor blade. They vandalized my car. They beat me up. Turns out he just got in a one-car collision, and he wanted to blame someone else. So it was his fault he wrecked the car. He wrecked the car, wanted a cover of it, so he tried to say that they beat up his car and beat up him. Mm. He was, uh... You're drunk. Yeah, there you go. When Lunchbox does the drinky motion with his hand, (laughs) none of our listeners can see it. (laughs) So that whole thing is missed unless I say, Lunchbox did a drinky motion with his hand. So he was drinking. Yeah, they believe alcohol was involved. So he doesn't want to get a DUI, Mm -hmm. so he says he got beat up. So he got beat up, but he wrecked his car and hurt himself. Got it, there you go. I'm Lunchbox, that's your bonehead story of the day. They say that you're eventually going to enjoy the same food as your significant other. The longer you're together... The more closely your food is, you'll start liking it. Sometimes just because it's around more. And you're like, well, I'll, I'll kind of cave in. Most people, 
I know with us, we do lunch and most dinners together. Not always breakfast because of how early we wake up here. But they say being around someone will shift your taste. Now, I read this story, and she talked about it on the show. She's never had a condiment. Never had mustard. Never had ketchup. Hates it. When I eat mustard, and I love mustard, she won't kiss me until I brush my teeth. That's crazy. And she has to know I brush my teeth. She she won't touch the bottle. She will make these wraps. She's a great cook, so she'll do all this stuff, make it, make it, make it. But she won't touch the mustard bottle. She's so disgusted by it. Like, And that will never change. And I'm always like, can you just squirt it on there? We have masks. Put a mask on. Squirt it on there. She will not do it, though. And she, again, she won't kiss my face if I have eaten mustard and haven't brushed my teeth. That's, I mean, and yeah, it's not like she had some bad experience Mm -hmm. where she ate it and it made her sick. Like, she's just never even tried condiments. And her mom's the same way. So crazy. But I'm like, you ever had a hot French fry with cold ketchup? Yeah, what? It's amazing. And she loves French fries. Um, she'll do a little barbecue sauce. Oh, yeah, that's right. Barbecue sauce is her only one. Mm-hmm. Huh. Anything your husband liked that you didn't like that now you like? It's probably more so that he now eats the way I, I like. Well, like, your, the, your way is a little weird. Well. Almost vegan. No, I've started to eat. Well, I guess to that point, I eat stuff that he grills now, and I used to not really eat meat. Yeah. So he's affected me that way. But, yeah, he eats a lot more plants than he used to. Because he did not eat salads or he, when we got married, he made one dish and it was, he called it the pasta tuna surprise. <laughs> what was the surprise? <laughs> Jalapenos. Oh, I thought a surprise was, did it make you sick or not? <laughs> no. It no, but it was uh, spaghetti noodles, a can of tuna and maybe mustard. And then the jalapenos were the surprise part. <laughs> well, I can put mustard on a steak. Like, I can eat mustard on any meat whatsoever. But she's not going to do mustard. Yeah. But, okay, we're done. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. The Bobby Bones. Show.